Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, where we talk about the nuances of sparkling European soda. I'm Victim. No, I'm Dylan. How long has it been since we recorded episodes? Uh, we missed last week and the week before. We were doing weekly episodes since we came back, which was kind of cool. I think it's been about two and a half weeks. It's been about two and a half weeks. Keep in mind, my, uh, my time frame in terms of um, memory is, is very horrible, so I could, I could be very wrong. So it's been about two weeks. I have a new child. He is adorable. I'm on paternity leave from work, which is great. And my other son, like, likes him. I was worried they weren't going to get along because he's like a two-year-old. And two-year-olds are terrible, right? Ah, but holy shit, I've had a really long fucking week, dude. Now, hold on a minute. You said you had, a, you had another son. Yes. <laughs> how, would you, how would you know that? I think it's a little too early to be assuming his, his gender. Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> you uh, know I had to hit you with it. Come on now. I know. I know you did. Well, that's fine. They can make those decisions when they're older. I wouldn't even care, to be honest. But um, he, he's like a week old, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got a long life ahead of him. And decisions that will be on him or whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so the baby was born. The baby is healthy. The baby was not very healthy. At first, we had to cut him out. It was a, a, a mess. Absolute mess. But everyone survived, and it was excellent. Who cleaned the mess then? The doctors. Now, some people do home births when they have kids, and I think those people are crazy. Because it's like all these years of medical science that make this like way better and safer. And it's like, oh, I want to do it at home, and we'll just see what happens. And I'm just like... Have you lost your mind? See, I've got a very controversial uh, theory on that. And it's controversial because I'm a dude talking about something that women are supposed to know, you know, all about. But I have a sneaking suspicion, and I obviously I don't know this for sure. This is, this is pretty much just a theory. But there's a lot of hormonal stuff going on at that time. I have a feeling it just it affects everyone differently, obviously. But I, I have a feeling they're... Um, What's the word for it? it? It's it's getting to them in different ways. Like some people just are addicted to pickles. Some people just become, you know, home essential oils people. Yeah, and it's funny because the the person, the person I was picturing in my mind when I was talking about home births was uh, related to me, like step cousin. No, it, some distant relation based on marriage, right? I don't share blood with these people, but they're like anti-vaxxers and they're like super religious. And it's like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> yeah. But like they had a home birth and it was like all natural and it was like just fine. Whereas like if we didn't have doctors ready to do surgery, like uh, Destiny would have died the first time and the second time. Like medical intervention is the reason she's still with us. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, the whole natural thing or organic or, you know, depending on whatever fucking topic you're talking about. Like, sure. If it's not, if it's not going to outright kill you, no harm, no foul. The issue comes in when they think that it's the only way to be and that you can't have both. You can very much have both or, you know, the latter. Well, one day I'll probably have Destiny on to, to explain all this stuff to you because I really can't speak about it. Yeah. I know she was going through some stuff that is not normal and she was acting kind of funny, but uh, that's kind of part of the course. <laughs> yeah. I uh, forget what I was watching recently, but there was there was actually something that talked about how one of the, the things to do with like uh, women's bodies, the way that they're made up, is that 
they have so much of this one hormone that makes it so that they produce more tears than normal. Oh, I know about that because what happened was is that those hormones go into the baby. I think it's estrogen. And like his poop was red. His his genitals were like inflated in size. It was like almost comical. I was like, is he okay? Because he's got some huge balls. Were you jealous? <laughs> Turns out, no. <laughs> Turns out it was totally normal, and like he's like now normal. All those hormones come out in the in the poop and the and the pee, and it's like not normal poop. It's like umbilical cord food poop that is like tar. They don't tell you about those parts of of child rearing in the in the TV shows. It's not pretty. It's actually quite gruesome and ugly. And and babies aren't those like perfect, smooth babies that you see in the commercials. Like you can't bathe the child until the umbilical cord, like the, the, the remain remains, like after you snip, like until that comes out, you can't bathe them. So he's like covered in dead skin. I guess you can give him a sponge bath, but it's like, it's not that bad. He's fine. But yeah, we don't know if he's going to have an inner button, a belly button or an outer until that, that thing falls out. And it looks like a bloody mess <laughs> like it's like this like stub of like rotting umbilical cord i mean to be honest it's disgusting he's gonna end up being a gamer when he grows up anyways so he's gotta he's gonna have to learn early how to be really dirty and live live in his own filth you never know victim i might be buying him skirts and programmer socks we'll see i mean hey whatever i'm fine either way but yeah so i want you to tell me about cube world rough transition i know so what i heard about cube world was a mixed response. I think at some point on Steam it had like mostly negative reviews. Uh, I think it was the lowest it got that I remember was 38% positive. Um, and so whatever the opposite of that is a negative. So why? This actually got me really mad. I got really heated. And now don't get me wrong. I'm going to preface this all with, yes, Cube, Cube World does need to have something fixed. They, they region locked gear. And what that means is... Picture like biomes in Minecraft, but they're like big ass maps, like huge maps that take like, like probably like 30 minutes to cross on foot. And it's just, it's just stupid long and stupid amounts of travel. There's items that help you travel faster, like, like a boat, like a glider, you can get a reins to mount your pet, you know, things like that. But the, the problem comes in is that if you don't want to be in the green zone that you're in, you want to go off to another zone. But you've already spent time in that zone. You lose all of that progress moving on to the next zone. What? Like, intentionally? Yes. It is part of the way the game works. In fact, there's ways of circumventing it. But they're kind of weird and finicky and very random. So it's like, kind of like a MOBA, how you start over all the time. Yeah, except technically you start off better in the zone you, you spawn in. Because you have white gear, but that white gear then instantly will turn to gray gear if you go on to the next zone. Hmm. Which is not a huge deal. That 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 part isn't like the end of the world. But there's and again, there's ways of circumventing it. Like crafting is a thing. You can just stock up on materials in one zone and move to the next, and just craft gear. There's a glitch in the game right now where you can get your pet to retain its its power, and it will literally just go and be a boss for you and destroy everything's lives. That's hilarious. Does the pet carry over to the other zone? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. It becomes like a legendary monster, and it'll just go on and like mm-hmm. destroy your enemies for you. Okay. Um, it's hilarious. I defeated an entire zone like that. I went right to the, the castle with the artifact and just let my pet do the work. Hmm. Um, but it's not consistent, and I don't know how to replicate it. So there's that. Uh, and then there's plus gear. Plus gear can survive like three zones before it gets turned to gray. 
Hmm. So, because I saw a lot of negative reviews that are like, oh my god, it's painfully difficult. I wasn't expecting Dark Souls. I was expecting Minecraft the RPG. Like, eh, that's so far from the truth, though. <laughs> it, it's just people not realizing what they're doing. It, like, the game very clearly denotes its its difficulty levels. Like, it's all color-coded and star-coded. Uh-huh. So, like, you're like, if you start out and you got white gear, you fight white monsters. White monsters have... Uh, I think they can only really drop green gear... I think white gear only drops from uh, gray monsters, which the only gray monsters in the game are like bushes and ore deposits. So, yeah, you you can only go up from fighting things at your level, which is I think that's a good design choice for a game like Cube World. Really? Yeah, it, it actually is really intuitive. It, it feels nice. So because I, I heard a lot of the complaints on Steam, they were like, uh, oh, I played in the alpha six years ago and it sucks now. The alpha had more content. What is this myth? Is this a myth or is it true? Listen, I, I want to know something. I see. I'm a person who has a really bad memory. I, I, I can I can hardly remember anything unless it has like at least like a, a slight impact on me. It's just the worst. I hate it so much. Uh huh. I know I can't remember six years ago. Who the fuck can? I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I get it. There's criticism. I'm not trying to say that people can't criticize this game because that, that's where I'm. That's where I'm progressing to. It's how stupid these people are, um, or like the majority of them, or the my, vocal minority, I should say. Um, but I just, I mean, yeah. From what I remember, the alpha it was fun. It, but we knew it was an alpha back then, so we forgave its, you know, shortcomings. So I don't even remember what the shortcomings were. There was definitely like probably only like twenty percent of the content that there is now. I feel like that statement's just false. Even if the region lock gear is really bad, it's not bad enough for me to make that statement. I don't think. So victims being a lazy bum, he's not looking at the chat. My friend Desfox here, she said that her memory is really awful. <laughs> no, fair. Yeah, no. I relate. No, I I totally relate because like I I only remember how many years I was in college for. I started in 2010. I graduated in 2018. That's all I know. I also, yes, I did crank up the volume on the uh, webcam microphone for people watching the stream. Which is, this is the only second time we've had a stream going while doing the recording. So I have not mastered this at all. And the final product that goes on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff is probably going to sound totally different. Sometimes I'll cut entire conversations. <laughs> I'll probably like uh, stream when I edit the audio as well. Oh, look who decided to join the chat. <laughs> yeah, and had a finicky go through a couple of different links to get there, but uh, we're, we're, I made it. You should just get an IRC client. I should. I have actually thought about it. Though I appreciate that this thing's embedded on the page for the for the stream. Amy really did a good job on the website. You don't know this person. Don't worry about it. No, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's really clean. Yeah, I thought it was pretty nifty. I was like, it's oh, a lot hell better yeah. than new Twitch. Yeah, and also on Twitch, I can't call you a Without getting banned. You can, but if someone decides they don't like you, you can get banned for it. I imagine appealing to Twitch, like, I'm from the East Coast, it's normal, or I'm from Australia, and it's like, okay, fine. <laughs> but like, I have no. a lot of Australian friends. It's not really in my vocabulary, I have to like force myself to say it. It's not natural to I, me. I actually say it on stream quite often, and I, I've definitely <laughs> scared people away. I think I actually talked about this a little bit ago, but I've, I've definitely scared off people by saying it, I'm like, ah, man. It's such a polarizing word because like it's like second nature to like East Coasters and Australians. But like if I say it, if I say it in public in like Seattle, I'll get thrown out of the restaurant. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's fine though. I don't mean anything harmful by it. But uh, so before we started recording on 
our Discord, we almost got Sarge to join us for this recording, but he has to like wake up early in the morning. So he's like, I'm out. He lives in like Oklahoma or something. So it's like a little later for him than it is for me. But not as late as it is for Victim, the real trooper, the real hero of the story. What time is it for you right now, Victim? It is 2.30 in the morning at the moment. Jesus Christ. I <laughs> have been going to bed at like 12 lately, so. <laughs> You're really pushing it tonight. Well, I mean, I, appreciate I, should, it. I should be going to bed at around four in the morning anyways, because D&D goes through about that time. Anyway, so we almost had Sarge come on, and uh, he had a couple things he wanted to talk about. We're just going to shelve them for tomorrow. But it was funny, because I was typing out like the, the agenda. I'm like, we need to talk about the new baby, and we need to talk about Cube World. And then like as I was typing on my phone, Discord for the phone, right, I get like a notification from YouTube, and it's the new like Wooden Potatoes video that's like, ArenaNet. Uh, Mike O'Brien, or whatever his name is, the the, the big head honcho of ArenaNet, quits. Like that was the headline of the video, and I, so as I was typing out the agenda, I wrote that, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. And then I immediately read his little goodbye notice in like the video. Uh, I didn't finish the video because I was like watching my son, but he had watched a lot of TV today, so I was like, "We're gonna watch TV, but it's gonna be music videos, not weird kid shows." Can you believe the things that go on kids YouTube? Like, you wouldn't believe the absolute garbage that I've seen. Maybe you can. It's so, it, kids' YouTube is weird. I'll, I'll I'll dive into this for a, a second. So, kids' YouTube, it, what it used to be is it would go anywhere from like creepy pedos trying to, you know, appeal to kids to get off, or it was people mimicking that because it was popular and they'd get views, or it was people doing animations of creepy shit. Because it would get views, and they didn't have to show their faces. Oh, God. The creepy animation. Like, my son, my older son, he loves it. He will point at it and be like, I want to watch that. He doesn't say it like that, right? Because he's two. But, like, there's this one channel. I think it's called Orange Songs or something. It's, like, it's all, like, weird, like, royalty-free background music with royalty-free, like, voices on top of the, the crudest 3D animation you'd ever see of, like, trucks and cars going off of ramps into a pool of rainbow blood that pop they pop out a different color like <laughs> Fuck, that reminds me of that old n64 game what was it like gemini squad or something no the n64 had way better graphics than these <laughs> videos don't do the injustice to that console that's fair that's fair <laughs> i'd rather watch a playthrough of turok than watch these fucking videos dude oh my god <laughs> They're all the, the related videos like my son has discovered, like he, he can't say them, but he has favorites and he'll point them out like he's been watching some like new age Mr. Rogers knockoff. What was his name? Blippy or something like that. He's got that weird look. I hate that guy. I hate that guy so much. Dude, the generation after like the Fortnite generation is going to that's what it is. They're going to start naming their kids all these really weird clown names. I don't know about that. Call them Bloopy and Blippy you're, and Blappy. You're assuming the Zoomers are going to have children. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is assuming quite a lot. The Millennials are already really bad at it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big leap of assumption there, Victim. Yeah. <laughs> they might. No, it's weird. Like, you know, I'm a Millennial. It's not a secret. I'm 27 years old. Two kids now. And I have a hard time finding people my age that have kids at all. Or even want them. I can't even, like, think about it at this point. Five, ten years older than me, they have kids, and they, they've had them a long time, right? Times have just changed. It's a good point there in the chat. They can't afford it, and they're too gay. It's just more profitable. <laughs> it's just too profitable. 
I mean, millennials already live in an apartment with 15 roommates on average, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. I think that's a low ball, but you know. By the time all the Zoomers, not just the older ones, are uh, over 18, which won't be long, I'm sure that number will pump up. We're going we're gonna to see share houses with like 30 adults. Everyone's going to be living in with the equivalent of like a gamer house or streamer house, but it's just for college debt. Yeah. <laughs> college debt house. They'll party with Top Ramen and water with uh, <laughs> the Kool-Aid packets or the Top Ramen packets and water. I mean, that might taste good. It's salty. Uh, we've all been there you know you ever remember making those uh those sandwiches where you just have the hot dog that you microwaved and you put it on like a a piece of bread white bread you mean how i make hot dogs i I call it the mixed struggle i think it's uh very apt sometimes sometimes i'll take the piece of bread and I'll like butter one side and I'll I'll make a like a half a grilled cheese and put my hot dog on You have no idea how hashtag blessed I am that Destiny went to culinary school because like I don't even know how to cook food. <laughs> I'm more of a just white rice and sriracha guy. Yeah. And whatever other hot sauce you have, just sriracha is always available. It's actually pretty good. I like I really love dry garlic sauce on rice. That's so fucking good. Dry garlic sauce. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I'm going to have to try that sometime. But yeah, Destiny is always making some kind of crazy exotic shit. Like ever since we moved in together all those years ago. And uh, it, I don't know if you remember this victim, but she used to co-own a pizzeria like in our town. And just a few weeks ago, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half ago, like it closed down finally after all these years. Like she was only the co-owner for a little bit. Oh, you know, I do remember that. Yeah, because what happened was is she went to work at this pizza joint, but it was like kind of shady. And like the owner was like, dodging taxes or something and he he bailed on him just up and vanished everything fell through and all the co-workers got together one day and they're like what do we do we have all the stuff he gave it to us because he ran right and uh they decided to make a co-op where everyone is an owner and that's how she got into there and then that fell under because they like failed some paperwork or something and then they they did it again correctly and then she was co-owner of the new place and that lived on for years and years but uh she had to stop doing it uh and get another job because i was making shit wages at the time i was just a, like an it help desk kind of guy and i was working for the state i was working at the local community college that i attended at the time they limit your hours to like it was like 19 and a half hours a week was all i could work that was it and it was minimum wage for washington state at the time which was like nine dollars but we were able to move out of my mom's house because during the summer, if you register for the fall, you're still a student employee, but you can work full time because you don't have any classes and they let you. And there's a lot of stuff that they do in there in the summer. Like that's when they update all the labs, right? So they, they need the people. So we would always move in the, the summer when we ever, we needed to move to a new apartment or something because I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. Here's my last three paychecks. I make the big bucks. No, <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, but the checks were real. They just didn't know I only temporarily worked full time. Huh. And I didn't tell them. <laughs> but I could afford it. Like, together, we could afford it. It's just a lot of apartment places like, ah, no, you need to make like double the rent monthly between you and your co-signers. Or else we don't trust that you can make the payment. And it's like, come on. I see, as obnoxious as that is. I never missed a payment. But I, I can kind of see where they're coming from, though. Like, how many deadbeats do they get who show up with, like, that month's rent 
and maybe deposit and then never mm-hmm. fucking pay again and get three months free fucking oh, yeah. like living. Tons. Oh, you bet, because uh, it's a Navy town, so there's there are always people coming and going. It's like, oh, I got shipped out. I'm not going to pay you rent because I'm not here. And they're like, oh, And, and okay. I don't really know much about like American law in that regard, or at least specifically where you live. But I'm pretty sure there's also no like le- legal ramifications of not paying your rent. They can just they, they are just illegally allowed to kick you out. I know it's, it's fucked up. Like it's not considered stealing or anything like that. So it, quite literally, you pay like deposit first month, and mm-hmm. you probably get like two months, three months free. Like it's just dumb. Dude, landlords are ruthless. Landlords, they don't give a shit about you, and they're just there to collect their money. And I get it, like. They probably have a mortgage on the house, and if they're not living in it, they have to pay for this house they're not living in. So rent needs to cover the mortgage. So that's what my financial advisor told me. I have a financial advisor now. Long story. Basically, there was this dude from Ever Jones that was like knocking door to door. Eventually, he knocked on our door, and he was like, hey, do you want a financial advisor? And like, have you thought about your retirement? How old are you? What kind of job do you have? And I, I, I told him because I was kind of interested because I'm, I'm in a unique position right now, right? So... He said, yeah, the first two consultations are free. Don't worry about it. And you don't owe me nothing. Come to find out none of all of the consultations are free. The way they make money is like they advise you and you open like a retirement fund with them. That is on top of whatever your work gives you because having more is good if you could afford to put money in. So he acknowledges that it will be years before I'm out of debt with the plan I have that I will actually be able to do a thing for him that pays him. But he's like, I'm just going to stick along for the ride and help you the whole way. And I'm like, oh, okay. If you say so, it works out though. Because um, like I was saying, I, the reason it was on my mind was because um, I uh, at my last place I lived at, I was evicted because um, I was going to buy a house. And so I was like, oh, landlord, hello. Let's go month to month because I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to be a homeowner. And then they're like, okay. And then they sold the house. To a first-time home buyer that wanted to move in, and uh, well, <laughs> we didn't buy a house. Well, their luck, they they <laughs> we left. They moved in and uh, only paid <laughs> the first little bit. Dude, they sold that house for two hundred thousand dollars, which is like way cheaper than everything near yeah, me now. Yeah, that sounds cheap. It was it was in um, it was in the the town where I went to college in Tacoma, Washington, which is a nice town. I mean, it's not a nice town. People joke about it not being a nice town. But it's a it's a nice town. Like I loved it every minute of living there. I think the best part about living there was that I was really far away from everyone. Like it felt really special. Like it sucked that people had to go really far out of their way to see me, but they did. It's like my friends are awesome. They'll drive all this way just to see me and me to them because of course, right? But when they do it back to you, it's like damn, something went right. <laughs> so I got a victim yeah. from there, and that's why I'm here uh, living with family. But uh. That's okay. I'm uh, making big, big, big payments on my debt because I, I don't pay too much to live here. That's part of the deal. And then once that debt's out of the way, I'll get a loan for our house and I'll be out. So that's all happening pretty soon. Pretty excited. And then when I fly over there, we can have big ass house parties. Fuck yeah. <sighs> Speaking of big ass house parties, I have an update. I have an update. I have the update of updates. I didn't Uh-oh. even tell you because I wanted you to be surprised. Are you surprised? So our good friend Rick, I saw him after his vacation. He came back. He took a really long vacation between quarters because we have a quarterly class system for our colleges yeah. here, right? And he's currently in college. And um, and he told me about this. And I believe I asked him for permission to say it. I'll reconfirm and edit this out if not. 
But since we're streaming too, I'll, I'll just keep it brief. He worked it out with the girl. As in... Oh. They settled their differences. Yeah, they're back together. He did mention that he wouldn't rule out any possibility. But, you know what? Sometimes shit like that, hardship, it hits, and it fixes a relationship because they realize how fucking stupid, you know, they were. And I don't, I'm not talking bad about Rick and that regard. I'm just talking in general, right? But right. No, he was very clear to me when he explained it to me that um, this was not a small thing. They, they worked out their differences, and it took monumental effort and lots of talking. Um, and they spent some time together. And that was partly why his vacation was so long, because a part of it they took together. And they, they, they worked out their differences, and they're back together, which is great. Uh, which means I might actually meet the girl, besides the one time I met her that I talked about in the previous episode, where oh, hey, they broke up. Oh, hey, my name's uh, Dylon, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one that was afraid you were going to shoot the, that one time. It's a great introduction. Dude, she, she would look at me and be like, who the fuck? Is named Dylon. What kind of name is that? I I don't even know why I said it like that. I honestly was just like looking at your name I and I was like, I don't know. Fuck it. So on my mom's Facebook page, which I don't have a Facebook anymore, but Destiny showed this one to me because it was really funny. Uh, my mom posted a picture of my new my newborn son. One of her friends uh, who I used to work with because my first job, I worked with my mom like waiting tables, right? When I was like 16. It was cool. It was also cool to work with my mom. It was a good experience, uh, especially because. So my name is Dylan, uh, but it's pronounced Dylon on everything because I had a friend in like high school whose parents are from Germany and they can't pronounce my name, and that was one of the more humorous mispronunciations I had heard. And so I use it on everything because I didn't really have a solid username for stuff at the time. It was back in like 2006 or something. But yeah, um, I made it my MySpace name and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> it all started with MySpace. No, but um, so, and now that I work in tech, like I, I talk to a lot of people with accents because they're like either remote in other countries or they are just on 401B visas. Irish people are really good at pronouncing it. No surprise because it's a Welsh name, right? But like people from India, duh, they... It's really bad. I don't even correct them anymore. I, it's, it's really funny. And they know it's funny. I have some people on my team at work that are from India. And like, it's so funny. I mispronounce their name too. And they, they give me shit for it too. It's really funny. It's, it's a good working environment. It's very positive. But, um, oh, but yeah. So my story, I was, what, what story was I talking about? Rick. No. Oh yeah. We were talking about Rick. Cause you were like, cause you, you said Dylan instead of Dylan. And, uh, I was like, if, oh, I, if yeah, I introduce yeah. myself that way, she would just think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'll just introduce myself as Dylan, and then when we when when she joins our Discord eventually and plays Planetside with us or whatever we're playing at the time, maybe no, I'll be like, it's it's Dylon on the internet, but you can just call me Dylan like everyone else. Like nobody calls me that in voice, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> Names, man. Names. But no, they're doing good. They're doing good, and I'm happy for them. And I'll retroactively get his permission to put this in the episode before I uh, edit it out. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. I was just thinking to myself, because I forget who I was talking to, but I went to like introduce myself, because uh, they, I guess they, it was, they didn't know who I, my real name, which I've come to realize I don't talk about my real name a whole lot, which is Brendan, for anyone who cares, I suppose. 
It was revealed um, in a previous episode, but you got to keep repeating yourself because that's how podcasts yeah, probably. work. <laughs> but you know, I, so I got, I got to think to myself. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm Vic, and I'm like, wait a minute, we're introducing ourselves by real name. I'm like, God, fucking, I, I know. It's because Vic is that. a real name, like like Victor, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I go, I go by this way more than than I do my real my real world name. Like it's one of those moments where, like, you know, later on in life, maybe I'll just add it as like a middle name, <laughs> just so I can say. I yeah, yeah. Know. Which apparently is a lot more po- popular of a thing for people to do nowadays. I mean, what you got like Philip DeFranco did. Hmm. Just, uh, Wait, what's his middle and name? Then, I mean, I, what? I don't know. I mean, well, he changed his last name. That's oh. what he changed. Yeah, he was always Philip, but uh, I forget what it was. It started like a G or hmm. something like that. And DeFranco was not his original last name. Interesting. Because his like ten year old videos have um, stuff like that. No, but um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so I'm not gonna dox my fucking kids on stream or on the show. But um, I was very careful in my selection for their middle name uh, because I wanted it to be like a replacement for their first name if they don't like it, as well as um, a few other reasons, as you know. I know for my first kid, uh, his initials are A J, so I just call him A J all the time, and I've referred to him on the internet before as aj because that you can't you can't dox initials like how many people have you met in your life that go by aj like come on one other and, uh, <laughs> i mean i've met at least three so i mean it's it's not uncommon <laughs> man so i'm gonna out myself a little bit back then, so he, he was a black friend of mine that i met over like xbox live and he would never tell us his real name so i kept teasing him saying his name was andrew jackson and he he responded to me and he's like you're just saying that because it sounds black. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> he thought it was great. He thought it was hilarious for any, if, you know, for my, you know, and I, and I was like, it was like high school. Oh, man. Fuck, I don't even remember. That's like you hear someone with a southern accent. And you're like, oh, you're, I'm going to call you Cletus because I don't know your name. And you sound like you're from the south. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Cletus? Cletus was my wrestling name when I was like in middle school. Back in the day. Well, I mean, Dirty Boy Cletus is what they called me in the ring. <laughs> Except by ring, I mean trampoline, and uh, the top rope was the roof of the house, and that was extremely irresponsible. Don't do that at home. It's still on YouTube. I'm not gonna call it by name. No, <laughs> it's still there. I looked. It's still there. No matter, no matter what, if I, I mentioned once. All right, so you know the rules of the internet. I know I should have just kept my mouth fucking shut. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought it up. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I've, I've got a music video that, or no, well, it's not a video, but you know, whatever on YouTube that you know got about ten thousand views. I'm like, but it's really bad. Don't don't look for it. Don't look oh, for yeah. it. Hell's Extreme. <laughs> like probably like a good like forty fucking people managed to find it and then linked it in his chat. I'm like, you fuck. How in the who are you people? What the fuck? was it? That rap video you did with your ex uh, uh, about League of Legends. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is exactly that video, and I hate. I, I try to keep it really quiet because if I mention it, Dream has it like bookmarked somewhere, <laughs> and he fucking links it in the bot, and he does it like multiple times while I'm not looking, and I'll just hear it fucking start, and I'm like, no, what the fuck are you? Why does this exist? Is it on your YouTube channel? Can you delete? Why it? does my past come back to hunt? No, I, it's it's on a different account. Oh, it's probably on one of their accounts, and they don't give a shit, right? No, no, it, we may, I'm not, I can't even say it. It's literally a hot buck. Anyway, sorry. We had, um, <laughs> you can talk about it later. Had, it's okay. <laughs> we had a joint account um, that I think 
I used one of their cell phones for, I think that was around the time they required cell Oh, it was the name of your rap group, right? Yeah. Okay. And, but then it was one of their passwords. And so, or one of my passwords, rather. So I could probably log into it, but that's assuming I can remember the email that was used and assuming it doesn't require me to validate the login. It's there forever. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Destiny has an older YouTube account. Um, I don't think she has login information for anymore. And it's got like a video of me at my senior prom. Rick rolling everyone on the karaoke machine. So see, but that's a good, meme. it's a good one. That's, and a, that's a good meme. My real name is not in it. It just says Dylan. <laughs> Cause that was my MySpace name. Uh, but anyway, so to tell that story, cause it's fucking hilarious. So basically at senior prom, right? 2010, 2010. So there I was at the senior prom. There was a karaoke machine in the food hall, which was connected to where the pictures were being taken. And then the dance floor was like down the hall. So the line was forming into the food area along the hallway that leads to the dance floor. Right. Like imagine the letter T is the shape of the yeah. building. Right. Where the dance floor is at the bottom of the T's tail. So oh, what happened was is uh, me and my buddy, we sing um, as people start lining up. Right. Like the line is super long because everyone wants to get their pictures out early so they can go be a thought on the dance floor. We didn't call them that back in the day, though. That was 2010. Right. That's what they wanted to do. We just called them horny teenagers back then. God, there was one girl who was like on all fours barking like a dog. It was weird. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. We we used to have kids that would. Um... This was a shy, conservative girl, like just like oh. getting freaky. On prom night, all of a sudden, out of left oh. field, it was like, what the fuck? All right. Uh, anyway. Well, with enough drugs, anything's possible. Yeah, they probably had drugs. So a lot of people are lined up for their photo. And me and my buddy, we get up there and we do the Rickroll, right? We tell the, the karaoke person not to announce the name of the song. And because this was 2010, when the Rickroll was like the funniest thing in the world, right? We fucking Rickroll the entire crowd. Everyone is like laughing. Some people are mad. They're like, I can't believe you've done this. It was funny, right? And then, I mean, Destiny get up there and we sing YMCA. And then we go to the dance floor. We finish our food. We get the pictures. We, we have our prom, right? Things are wrapping up at the end of the day. The line for the pictures is gone. People are getting their last minute food and planning their after parties. I get in line for the karaoke machine with my friend. We get up there. And right behind us in line are these four assholes who are like these like sporty guys who have a lot of friends. They're like, douchebags right yes i know i know the types you know the type and uh they had not sung any karaoke the whole night and they're thinking oh we're so popular and great when we do it everyone's gonna lose their shit because this is out of character right really like they thought they were hot shit uh but i we were in line in front of them right we get up there and we sing the fresh Prince of bel-air theme everyone goes nuts everyone sings along everyone has a great time blew them away and then we just leave. Everyone just leaves. Like, yeah, they get their turn on the karaoke machine, but everyone's like filing out of the building because it's the end of the night. Like, we showed them up. And like, nobody saw whatever song they played. I don't even know what it was. Because nobody cared. That's so great. beautiful. That's that's God, it was beautiful. So we call poetic justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got my justice. I intentionally became the editor of the yearbook in my senior year just for revenge. That's a story for another time and all the shenanigans I pulled on them. 
for my sake of my vengeance. That's enough. Enough about me. Victim, we should probably talk about Guild Wars 2. So, like I was saying, when I was planning the agenda, we saw that Mike O'Brien had resigned. Wait, Steve? Mike? I think it's Mike. O'Brien. Someone (laughs) O'Brien stepped down. It, it's hard to keep. It's hard to keep track. Like you got Mike O'Brien and what is it? Mark Z. Mark Z is the other guy. Mark Z was the guy that was in our guild. Yeah, and he was like the, the director of the game, which was super cool. But like two M names, I I have a hard enough time getting you guys and your D names and your M your H names rather. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so many of us. Just I don't know. There are like twos of us. <laughs> the whole twos of you. It's not that hard. <laughs> Anyways. No. I, I, anyway, so Michael Bryan stepped down and Michael Bryan was with Arena Net when they made the first Guild Wars. He was like the head honcho back then. And I don't know if this is good or bad because I'm not sure if he is the source of the problems that they were having. No. What do you think? I see. I, I, I think it was Hydro told me. I can't remember where I got this, but it was it was just just about the time you were finding out. But I was finding out about it in voice. I think it was Hydra. But basically, um, the idea here is that he had been planning to quit ever since they axed everything except yours, Tim. And that was the big thing when the layoffs came, which I guess for anyone who doesn't know, uh, ArenaNet, the company, had like a ton of layoffs. I think they laid off like half their, their like developer base or something like that. It was It was a lot of people. But they weren't anyone that was, you know, essential to Guild Wars 2. So, which, I guess, they didn't explicitly come out and say it, but that meant that nobody was working on any of these other projects. So, Hydro said that um, Michael Bryan had plans now to follow up on those, but now with his own company, which is called, like, Mana something, or Made something. Um, it was like Mana Potion or yeah, something. Yeah, something I don't like know. Man of something. But yeah, no, so that sounds interesting because honestly, and this may be cynical of me, maybe I'm pe- being pessimistic, I don't know. But I think Goers 2 Mana Works has that was it. Mana Works ah, is okay. the name. I just looked it up. So I, I think that Gilbert's just pretty much just run its course at this point. Realistically, there's not much more they can do that will be interesting, in my opinion. I know it's it's heartbreaking because it's like I don't want to spend any more money on gems, but I want to log in and see what they do with their time they have left. But how much time do they really have? And, and don't get me wrong, the story is still good enough to to experience. Especially whereas if you buy the expansion, you get like a fuck ton of it, like whatever, right? Like it, it's good, but it's not enough to carry an MMO. And Hydra even got mad at me for saying that. He's like, well. What what would you rather it be? It's like, I don't know, man, like progression and content like every other MMO. Well, maybe not like every other MMO, but in the same spirit of every other MMO. I've never really been upset with the rate at which Guild Wars 2 produces content. I know it's that's because I don't have a lot of time to play and I never catch up to you guys with like progression. I, I think you're definitely ahead of me now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but you have legendary weapons and I don't. <laughs> I guess that's fair. And I don't do the raids, and Hydra does. Like the raids are cool. I'll watch a playthrough of them. I think the raids in Final Fantasy are cool too. Like they put a lot of work into them. But I just not into that game. Uh, but like Final Fantasy is kind of the golden standard right now. Everyone's trying to be it, and uh, they're not doing very good. <laughs> I mean, people trying to copy them aren't doing very good, yeah. which I guess is to be expected. 
it, it does theme park well. I mean, it's, it's baseline content isn't so easy that you can't fail it. And it's high end content is hard enough that you it requires communication and everyone to be doing their job. Uh, even to some extent where they have to be doing it to a perfect point. So it literally caters to everyone. And it's, it's what people have been asking WoW to do for like the longest time. And they just refuse to do. Yeah. And you know, I had the same problem with Warframe as well. Like I was so behind you guys all the time. Cause I just, I was so busy with school and other shit that I could never really plateau on all of my achievements. Like I've reached it now. Like I don't do, I don't log in to do Nightwave or any of the dailies. I appreciate that they exist. And if I was like, like three years ago, Dylan playing today's Warframe, I'd probably be very happy. But as it stands right now, I don't even want to log into that either. It's like, ugh, I could do some dailies to get some weapon that I'll never use that I could just use for mastery because I've already got everything I want. And the stuff that I have that I like to use is good enough to clear any content in the game. Even Eidolon hunting. What is there for me to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, I mean, I guess for Warframe, even with me, it's just like, sure, it's really hard for me to play it because it it's not really stable for me due to like, graphics card issues and whatnot but uh even then like there really isn't a whole lot for me to do i mean sure i could go rep grinding and vox solaris whatever it's called but like that's Mm -hmm. not really what i want to do when i play i would rather be you know killing dudes and doing backflips over people and you know right well i mean i kind of liked the farming in the newest like icy map uh that we talk about the orbellus Orbellus, uh, because when i play warframe when I play Warframe, I want to play something that is not much thought. Like, I can kind of autopilot my way through it. And I want to, like, put on, like, a podcast or something on my other screen and listen to it while I play. That's what the Warframe aesthetic is to Same. me. Same. You, you um, but that's, that's exactly what I do when I play Dark Souls now. <laughs> Humble brag, don't worry. Have, have you been playing uh, Dark Souls lately? Yeah, I was trying to do this Daughters of Ash uh content it's just like a big mod pack that changes the game uh way more than oh. i expected it to and in, in in some ways and then way too little in other ways but that's not not a complaint just uh, i was not entirely sure what, what to expect so why aren't you playing code vein um <laughs> well besides money i, I guess i could I, I can bring that up um the, the main reason is um money um i have money i could buy it but I'm saving up. Uh, Arcade is getting a nice re-release, which I'm sure people will, you know, flame or praise me depending on who you are uh, for wanting to play Arcade again. But um, but aside from that, I also might have some borked-out computer parts that I need to take care of, and so uh, the plan is just to save up money. Hope my computer doesn't die by the end of November and get in on some juicy Black Friday sales. Oh yeah, for sure. I think this time I'm going to skip Black Friday because I'm trying to get out of debt. <laughs> yeah. No more spontaneously buying games. But speaking of spontaneously buying games, I did buy that stupid Goose game. It's good, isn't it? I haven't played it yet. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I watched a full playthrough. It was on it. sale. It was. It's a $20 game, and I got it for 14 bucks. And then you know what I did with the rest of the 5 bucks I had on the Nintendo eShop? Mm, nothing. I bought Crypto the Necrodancer. <laughs> okay, that's not too bad. I mean, they just had the which nice was on eighty percent off sale. 80% off. I I bought it for like three dollars. <laughs> See, that was one of those games that really helped me realize, like, quote unquote, SJWs versus the anti-SJW, like you know, mentality. 
where you've come where most people have probably at this point come to realize that they're realistically the same people just mm-hmm. on two different sides of a coin people were literally flaming captain negative so like oh it's made by a bunch of sws like, i mean so it's a fun game i don't care i just want to play a good you know good quality game i'm not paying them for their political opinions i'm paying them for you know because they're good developers <laughs> It's right. a good game, trust me. You're gonna love it. I wish I could play it. There's a weird hiccup on on some PC versions mm-hmm. where like the the time rate slows to like a crawl, and I don't know how to fix it. And I uh, apparently it is very fixable, but I cannot for the life of me get hmm. it to to work. You know, what you should do sometime, victim. Is uh, you should take your Canadian doubloons and you should get one of those uh, Nintendo eShop voucher cards, like for like your equivalent of twenty dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, you totally should try that and just bank it. Hold on to it because they have sales all the time, including flash sales on Nintendo eShop. You'd be surprised at the kind of shit you can get for like a dollar. You know, I do need to get a hold of Breath of the Wild. That's a game that's probably pioneered something that I've also touched, but I've just skipped it because I didn't know yeah. Switch at the time. And who the fuck ever owned a Wii U? I, I'm sorry. Nobody. If anyone answered yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. I think V Dog is the only person I've ever met that had a Wii U, ever. I just like ever. Like, I, I don't. And I had a Virtual Boy. Yeah. Like you know, it's but nobody no nobody I know had a Wii U. Like what? It's just like <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't I don't mean to like slate Nintendo based Nintendo as they've been so far. But uh-huh. the Wii U quite literally was not not good, not good. It was it was quite the garbage. No, but um um speaking of of Nintendo. I beat Damon X Machina last night. I stayed up really late to do it, but I did it. See, you want to know another reason why I'm not playing Code Vein? Go ahead. Because I want to play Damon X Machina really badly, too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think you'll love it. Because you played the PS2 Armored Core games, right? Oh, I, I played the PS1 Armored Core games. Oh, there you go. So, like, what does Armored Core mean to you? Like, when you think Armored Core, what comes to mind? I mean, like, Early Armor Core, it's getting my ass fucking handed to me because enemies are placed all behind every corner, and for the life of me, I can't check every goddamn corner when I'm like, I don't know, like five or six. Um, but like later on, it's like big ass mechs moving way faster than they have any right to, um, either shooting a fuck ton of missiles at my enemy or cutting them in half with a nice beam sword. Right, and you you're you're on it. So what Armor Core meant to me, at least. The PS2 and PS1 Armor Core games that set the standard, right? Big mechs that go way faster than they should. Slicing dudes with beam swords. Shooting people with grenade launchers that look like cannons that say grenade launcher. Just because. They're futuristic grenade launchers. Very dangerous foes piloting the same stuff that you pilot that are actually AIs. It's a trope. Whatever. Like, I'm thinking Nineball, Ninebreaker. Oh, right? yeah. I know exactly what you mean, Echo. Right. So, also, a lot of the story is given to you through text because you're a mercenary in a mercenary company and you get emails from corporations, other mercenaries, whatever, about the world. You also have a handler that speaks for you. Those are all armored core tropes. Those are all in Damon X Machina. So, every last one of I them. find it funny that he didn't like come out straight out and say, oh, this is a spiritual successor to. Armored Core, and he instead was like, oh, hey, I'm the guy who worked on Armored Core, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. It shows, like, you can tell by the design of the mechs, like, 
Do you remember uh, how Armored Core 5 reduced the height of the mechs by half? Like, I, I liked Armored Core 5, right? But it didn't look like an Armored Core game. It, just it, it was a lot more military feeling, realistically. It looked like uh, a bastardized version of Front Mission. Yes, exactly. Like. And I forget which one it was. I think, I think it was four. It was either three or four, where you were fighting, like, city-sized fucking uh, mechs, and your mech was actually, like, a lot bigger than it seemed. Like, it was, like, the size of a fucking building or something. <laughs> right. And so they're, they're really inconsistent across games with that regard, too. So I, I didn't really give, it, give them too much shit for it, but... But yeah, so in, in Armored Core games, like you have health, you have a finite amount of ammo, which is why a sword is preferable to have in your arsenal, you know, as a backup weapon. And you don't get healed in Armored Core, and you don't get more ammo, except for a couple missions where it's like, oh, press the circle button on this little car, and you'll go to a loading screen, and you'll get all your shit back. Right. <laughs> right. For those really long missions that are just too difficult. Yeah, I think it didn't one of the armor cores allow you to bring like a unit along but it took up one of your slots that could heal you like a yeah. certain amount but it was like a small amount i think that that started in armored core 3 where you could start hiring consorts that's what they called them consorts um and it was cool because like armored core is masterful at this sort of like indirect storytelling that i think they used in early dark souls but i don't actually know about that for sure because i didn't play early dark souls but you tell me so indirect storytelling in armored core three you have a finite list of consorts where it's like you have their their mercenary handle their mobile suit their their mt their muscle tracer right not an ac they had an empty muscle tracer and a little bio about them right that changes as you raise your mercenary rank because that's the denotation of time passing right yeah. and in armored core three like one of the mts was like a floaty guy and then once you get to like mercenary rank like C or something, like he shows up in the consort menu as a low ranked raven with his own AC that also is a hover guy. And it's like he passed the test, you know? That guy has a bit of a story going on in the background that we didn't see, but we know happened. Right? Yeah. The pieces are there. It, the game does not give you two, it gives you one plus one. You must make two on your own. Yeah, and that is definitely Dark Souls. I, I love that. Like one one thing that people forget about Dark Souls or even just FromSoft as as a whole is that while yes, Miyazaki is relatively new in comparison to probably other staff members, because I think he basically joined up around the maybe like a year or so before Demon Souls. I might be wrong in my time frame, which was I think two thousand seven. So he's been with them over ten years now. Uh what, like twelve years almost right. going on thirteen probably. Very soon. But so, you know, sure. But he's not exactly the one storytelling. In fact, if you look to Sekiro, he didn't have a hand in the story of that at all, from my understanding of what, like what I've what I've read. Right. He was mostly just a director for gameplay, um, while he worked on Elden Ring, where he was working alongside George R. R. Martin for story. So even then, he wasn't the only guy writing it. Mm -hmm. um, Dark Souls Two, he didn't have any hand in. Which, uh, you know, haha. There's a joke to be made there, but like, the only one game that he's ever had like a full hand in. That, you know, we don't have any other way to, like, tell is Dark Souls 1, which he probably had a team of writers helping him with. Like, and I'm not trying to give him any shit either. Like, he obviously he's done something right because the company praises him, you know, enough to, to put his name all over everything. Right. So I got another example of this indirect storytelling in action. Right. So spoiler alert for Armored Core 3. Right. 
the ending cutscene of Armored Core 3, after you blow up the controller, it's like an elevator with a ceiling. It opens up, and then you see the outside world, and um, there's a blue sky, and there's plant life, and it's fine. If you skip all the emails and all the side conversation that is totally optional, you would not know that everyone lives underground because they were told that the surface was inhospitable. And this thing that you end up blowing up as the final boss, like was like oppressing them to stay underground. All of these, these plot beats would not be known to you if you just played mission after mission, but that's valid because if you want to role like internally in your head, like role play this Merc, that's like, I just accept missions and I do what I'm told because I'm in it for money and fame. It's like, you could be that guy. Yeah. And not read your email. That's valid. And uh, Damon X Machina is the same way. It's like, you can not read your emails. Uh, you could even skip the cutscenes, but you won't know what's going on. The plot is there. The plot is real. And I actually kind of liked it. Uh, some people didn't, but these people are probably not Armored Core fans, and they don't understand what they were getting into. Because these people would play one of the Golden Age Armored Core games and probably have the same criticism. And so why do I care what they have to say? A lot of their reviewers for the game were like that. And what pisses me off is that there are a lot of reviewers that review Damon X Machina that are like, it's the spiritual successor to Armored Core, but it's not as good. And then I look at their website, like IGN, for example, and I go look at the Golden Age Armored Core games like Silent Line, Last Raven, Four Answer, yeah. right? The scores are lower than they gave Damon X Machina. Yeah, see, it's just them talking with their ass because, yeah, like, again, I don't I don't want to throw any shit at Armored Core because I love the games like they're, you know, grew up on a set of them, right? Um, mm -hmm. They were really clunky. They're really messy in areas and mm -hmm. even for games at the time were probably not the best games, but they were the right. only games that really did what they did. So right. they, they managed they were to hold their audience for me. But they weren't perfect for them. Yeah. So, you know, for people to, like, go shit on Damon X Machina for being the spiritual successor, or even, like, to say, be hypocr hypocritical about it in that regard, it's like, I don't know, that's, that's stupid to me. It's like, just yeah, review the game for being what it is. And that's what they say that they're doing, and it's, like, like totally off. I can't, I can't believe that they've done this. I mean, some reviewers gave it a good score. I mean, it looks good. I mean, the demo was kind of bad. But I'm, I've heard that they, they took the feedback, which I was adamant. I was like, you want my feedback? I played your demo. I'm going to give you all the feedback I can. Turns out mm -hmm. they're going to change. They or they did change a lot of the gripes I had with the game. Mm -hmm. So that even if you don't like the game, that's badass, super cool developers, if nothing else. Oh, yeah, for sure. So like what they did was um, they made it a lot harder and they made it a lot smoother. And by Armored Core standards, there is a lot of simplification going on. Like, um, for example, in Armored Core, every stat, like you had to balance like a ton of different things. Like you can't go over your generator's energy capacity. You can't go over your weight limit. Yeah, like your legs weight limit. Yeah. In Armored Core 3 and beyond, you could, but you'd go super slow. Yeah, like, you would just way yeah. slower than you should. They'd let you, but it, it was like it was like fat rolling in Dark Souls. You didn't really want to be doing it. Yeah. So, you know. It, Damon X Machina has all those things as well. However, it's a lot easier to keep track of. Like, basically, there's a, a, a stat called memory, which is derived, I think, from your head unit. And then there's weight limit, which is uh, 
based on your legs, like it should be. However, um, you can go over it as much as you want. You'll just be slower and slower and slower and slower. Like it doesn't stop you from launching missions and it doesn't do the Armored Core 3 thing where you get like a blaring alarm saying you're overweight and you're super, super slow. Yeah. Also, there is um, they simplified the, the way you play. Like um, in Armored Core, you would you'd have a weapon that switches through all your weapons and then you just use the one, right? In Damon X Machina, you have a trigger for each hand. You have one shoulder button for your single shoulder weapon. And then you have another button for your auxiliary weapon, which is usually attached to your wings, you know, and they're, they're not always weapons. Sometimes it's like, you know, a booster or like um, a healing device or a grenade, right? And then you have these two things called pylons where you can use the directional buttons to basically on the fly swap what's in your hand with what's one of the two items on your back. Like first you press the directional button left or right for which hand you want to deal with. And then you press left or right, which pylon weapon are you taking? So I can take my dual rifles and I can pop out dual swords and start chopping dudes in half. See, I think that sounds good. That's, that sounds close enough to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the shoulder button is always available for my shoulder weapon, which can be a missile launcher or a cannon or a rail gun or a laser gun that melts you like taffy. See, and I think a part of that too is like with newer hardware and newer development, you know, styles and, and cycles and what have you, it's just a lot easier to, to develop a game. So I don't know. I wouldn't say anything that became easier is necessarily bad. I know a lot of people like to like to think that way, but it doesn't have to be as long as the game itself is still difficult, I guess, or, or challenging. I should say it was a better word for that. Yeah. I, as a seasoned armored core player, I wasn't too terribly challenged. However, there were several missions I did have to replay, which was rare when I played Armored Core, which is hard already, right? So, like, I knew what I was getting into. I know my Armored Core strategy. Uh, you might not because you played the PS1 ones and not the PS2 ones. So it would probably be more difficult for you, especially if you go the melee route because uh, melee is viable, but it takes a little bit more um, knowledge of how the game works to make it Work. So in other words, it'll be a lot harder to start out that way. Sounds like my style of play. Yeah, but it will pay off dividends in the end. I, I see one other thing that I hate about doing that, though, is every time I use a fucking melee weapon in a game where guns are available, I always think, oh, great, I'm just, you know, being fucking Kirito from Sword in a Line. This is great. This, that's all anyone's going to think of me. No, nah, that's okay, because um, a lot of the enemies will use swords against you, and it's like, it won't be weird. Also, you have four weapons, like, Bring a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put put a gun in your left hand. Have the sword in your right. Or you can get a shield, a real like big ass shield. And when you shoot the shield, it like throws it out in front of you and gives you a cone of protection. Like you could make it work. Totally. So I beat the game last night. I stayed up way too fucking late to do it. The final boss was extremely difficult. Like more difficult than anything I've fought previously, but I still beat him on my first try. I actually did like the little screenshot button on the switch controller to like take a picture of what I had done because like he has this mechanic that no other enemy has where he steals one of your weapons. Like he like shoots like a black hole and like if you get sucked into it, you lose a weapon. Damn. Right. So right away I lost one of my rifles because I have dual rifles and then a sword and then a laser rifle. It's just my jam, right? So the last boss, he was like super difficult. He sucked up my rifle. 
and like I had to beat him with melee, and I used the little screenshot button on the on the controller because I had like less than ten percent of my life left, which is very rare. Like, um, when you have that little life left, you're probably dead. It just happens. I fucking beat him on my first try, and I was so proud. Because I remember people bitching online. They're like, the game has a sudden spike in difficulty at the final boss. And it's like, well, which one? Because it's kind of like a, sta- a, a stage of final bosses, kind of like Armored Core 2. Because um, Armored Core 2, you, first you fight an AC, then you fight like a an Eldritch Abomination robot, and then, and then you fight a bigger Eldritch Abomination robot. And um, it was very much like that in Damon X Machina. Uh, but I won't spoil the specifics. But, you know, that's given for Armored Core. That's just an Armored yeah. Core thing. The final location is always like this weird, bizarre thing. And I mean, that, that shouldn't be a problem for people, realistically. I, like, I don't know. I, I could get into it, but I think that it's it's fine for difficulty spikes. I mean, within reason. If it's like the the boss just, you know, if everything up to that point is like tickling you and the boss just like slaps you and one-shots you, I can see that being a little annoying. And, but... As long as it's not that, it shouldn't really be that big a deal. You know, as much as I love it, I could say that about Final Fantasy VIII, it's actually really annoying how difficult that final boss battle is. It's like everything else I steamroll with basic strategy, and then this final boss rolls around, and it's like, I'm just going to instantly kill you all the time. Every time I've beaten that game, which is multiple times, right? It's because I played the card game, and then I card modded all my rare shit before I fought her. So one of the items you get when you card mod uh, Laguna and when you card mod Bahamut's cards um, is this item called Holy War and Holy War Trial, respectively. And what this item does is um, it turns your whole party in, like invisible, like invincible, but you're like transparent uh, looking, the character models. And any attack that is going your way will miss, including curing and buffing. So first you cast Aura on everyone, which lets you use your limit break at any value of health. But it's a random chance. You just keep pressing circle till you get it. And um, then you, you throw out the item and you're, you have Aura and Holy War at the same time. And then you just limit break the boss till she dies. And it's super cheesy, but I don't know how else to beat her. <laughs> and it's been like a decade or two since I um, beat her the first time. So it's like, I don't, I don't know a better way to do this. And it feels really bad. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, when I eventually get a hold of that remake, I probably won't even fight her. Yeah, I mean, you got the RPG curse to contend with. Yeah. But let's not go into the RPG curse for a third time for the sake of the, the podcast. We've already been talking for over an hour. Do you have any last-minute thoughts? Um, I mean, I guess uh, a last-minute thought is um, don't don't harass game developers just because you dislike where they're going with their games. It's okay to give criticism, but you're not going to be a dickhead about it. Hey. I mean... That's just good life advice in general. You don't have to be a dick about it, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the difference between being mean and the sake of being mean and being, you know, it's like if you really cared to give the criticism in the first place, why would you be like angry or salty about it in the same you know, same breath? That, I don't know. And that never sat like in my head. I never got the logic behind it. Here lies a toppled god. His fall was not a small one. We did but build his pedestal. A narrow 
and tall one. Tlaylaxo epigram. It's the outro. I didn't know what else to say, so I used the Dune quote. Anyway, thank you for listening. You can find all of our contact information on melomancy.net. I was joined with Just Victim today. You can find him on Twitter at twitter.com slash mm underscore victim. And his Twitch stream, he's an amateur streamer. He streams all the time, which is twitch.tv slash a victim of gaming. And you can find me on shitposter.club slash dylon. And if for some reason you want to join our Discord server and suffer with us in the hellhole that is Discord as a service, uh, that is discord.me slash melonmancy. Thanks.